Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. Hey, would you turn in your Bibles to Zechariah chapter 11? Zechariah chapter 11, verse 10. And uh, this is a peculiar passage of Scripture in the Old Testament that teaches us something about the leverage of love. Would you say that with me? Leverage of love. Okay, that was like four people. Great. We're going to, we'll make it though. It'd be good. I've got to teach about leverage. In fact, this is a new series we're going to be starting for the next two or three weeks. We're going to be talking about leverage, how God does big things with little things. That's how leverage works. A little bit of strength with God equals a great amount of power. And we'll have some illustrations each week, and I'm going to be calling from the audience for you to come up and help me. So just get nervous now. It might be you. We, it, it just might be you. But let me give you the background, maybe what, what scholars call the, the occasion of the text. This, uh, this is a prophet. He is writing to Israel who has just come back. Israel and Judah have just come back uh, from captivity. They are supposed to be getting the temple rebuilt. They're supposed to be getting back on with worship. That's the reason why God brought them, brought them back home in the first place. But they get lazy. And they stop relating to God. And I'm going to draw that firstly so that you get an image in your mind this morning of how this works. They, they break off what we'll call the vertical relationship with God. They're not worshiping and serving God and loving God as they should. And as a result of that vertical relationship being broken, they're horizontal relationships. If you can see an image of a cross here. Their horizontal relationships began to suffer as a nation. And so God wanted to, to, to show them how bad this was. How many of you know there's a cost? There's a price. I love going to buffets, but you gotta pay at the end. It might be all you can eat, but you still, there's a price. You know? And so God wants them to see that these are covenant relationships. You're gonna learn a little bit about covenant this morning, but you're gonna learn a whole lot more about God's love and how it empowers you through the leverage of His love to restore relationships. Amen? So, in Zechariah chapter 11, let's take a look at verse 10 here. Then, he, then the Lord says, I took my staff. Now I want you to understand this in the context of being a shepherd. He says, I took my staff called favor and I snapped it in two. This is a covenant called favor. This is the covenant that He would have with His people. This would be the vertical relationship I'm talking about. He's saying, because you guys are, are walking away in covenant and breaking covenant, it's, it's breaking the staff into a favor. Now watch this. He says, showing that I have revoked the covenant which I have made with the nations. That was the end of my covenant with them. And those who, brought, who bought and sold sheep were watching me. And they knew that the Lord was speaking to them through my actions. How many of you know the nation of Israel was God's way of speaking to the nations? Right? We see it as God's missionary nation, especially in the diaspora. All right, so he says in verse 12, look at this, he says, And I say to them, if you like, give me my wages. Say wages. Now I want you to see this is 600 years before Jesus walks the earth. This is a messianic prophecy. It's an accurate one. 
He says, give me my wages, whatever I'm worth. A little bit of sarcasm here. But it says, but only if you want to. So they counted out for me my wages. 30, how many? 30 pieces of silver. Then we turn to Matthew later when we find out from Matthew's Gospel that when Jesus was betrayed by Judas, Judas was paid a ransom fee. Do you remember how much he was paid? 30 pieces of silver. So they counted out for my wages, 30 pieces of silver, and the Lord said to me, throw it where? To the potter's field. And so Jesus comes along. He's betrayed by Judas. They're supposed to love one another. They're supposed to be in covenant relationship together. Judas sells him out for 30 pieces of silver. And then before Judas goes and takes his own life, I know it's kind of deep, but stay with me. He takes that money and throws it where? Let me, let me describe what the potter's field is. The potter's field isn't a pretty field where everything is put together and nice. A potter's field is the place where the potter in the potter's house, understand there's a difference between the two. The house ain't the field. The field is the place where the potter would work on pottery, and if the pottery wouldn't work with the potter and it was broken, it was tossed. It was a field full of broken jars. I want you to, I want you to understand this morning, there's nothing the devil would want more than your life to be a field of broken relationships. And yet this was the place that the ransom or the redemption price was thrown to. And God's saying, you've broken covenant with me. And as a result, you're breaking covenant with one another. But I'm sending my good shepherd. He'll pay a price for every broken relationship. And that price will not only redeem you with the Father. Here's the thing you got to get this morning. I want you to get your pastor this morning. Jesus didn't just die on the cross so that you could be right with the Father. Jesus died on the cross so that you could be right with one another. Give him praise. Somebody, come on. Give him praise. You say, how can my marriage be restored? The price has been paid. It's been paid. Overpaid. And it's not just so that you can have reconciliation with your God. There's, oh, and I love it later. It, do you think it's ironic? Do you think it's happenstance? Do you think it's, listen, this morning, understand, it's not circumstantial that by the time we get to the cross and we see Jesus crucified on it, we see these two vertical, vertical and horizontal relationships coming back. When He bled on that cross, it wasn't just one beam. Come on. He reached out both His arms and said to your marriage, to your family, to that prodigal child, to that church member. To Sister Mary Elephant. To that judgmental person that said that thing they said. And oh my, my, my. They shouldn't have said it to me. Jesus paid for that too. He says, I'm sending a shepherd. And he'll... he'll Mm, 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 mm. What's 30 pieces of silver? You'll find out in Leviticus that this was paid for a slave to be redeemed. This was offered so that a slave could go 
free. So Jesus takes your place as a slave. Am I, what's the matter? Am I preaching too hard already? You say, Pastor, come on, man, lay off the coffee. He took your place as a slave and then paid the price thrown to the potter's field of broken hearts and broken relationships so that you and I might be free to love one another. You say, I can't do it. You don't know how broken this is. Let me tell you something. You don't know how great He is then. When you get a recognized recognition of how powerful His love is, it'll heal every broken relationship there is. He became the slave. You get to be free. Oh, man. I don't know if I can even tame this down, man. It's... Verse 13. Throw it to the potters, that magnificent sum at which they valued me. So I took the 30 coins and I threw them to the potters in the temple of the Lord. And then I broke my other staff called union. Do you see the two? 600 years before Jesus crucified. And to show the bond of unity between Judah and Israel that it was broken. Pray with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus this morning, help us to understand that our love can't fix our relationship with the Father. That our strength, the strength of my love is not enough to love the Father back. But I can love the Father back with your love. Father, help me to know that my love is not strong enough to love my brother, my sister, my wife, my children, to even love my enemy the way you've called me to. But your love is. Help me to know that, God, your love has leverage. And it's powerful. And help me to access that. And if my relationship with your love is right, all the vertical relationships in my life will be healed and made right. In the name of Jesus. And someone said, come on. Amen. A little bit stronger. You know, sometimes if you're not careful, you can start to look at a relationship and say to yourself, you know, I love that person enough. If I just loved them a little bit more, it could heal this. There's, There's only one problem with that. John says that love is God, and I'm not God. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of the source of love, ain't me. The source of love is in you. Love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that does not love doesn't know God, for God is love. Doesn't say your love. But we, att- we attempt it. We try it. You know, I, 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 I like you. I like you. I don't just love you. I like you, Linda. And you know, Linda, we got a lot in common. I'm not sure what it is yet, but we'll figure it out. You know? And, and, and I'm just gonna, we, you know, we have some ups and downs. We, we, sparks fly every once in a while. And, and that's just relationship. But I'm gonna fix it because if we have an up or down moment together, guess what? I'm just gonna love you even more, right? Until I run out of love, I'm gonna love you, right? How many of you know I'll run out of love real quick? Now listen, if, if you're not with me on that, you haven't been in church very long. And you don't deal with people very much. 
Because people, let me tell you how people are. You go to Walmart and you figure out real quick how people are hard to love. Put that cart back. I just bought this car and two two carts crashed into it. And there's you. (laughs) Put your cart back. See, I started with love, and then that went way down to something else, right? Come on. You, you don't, you don't, you, you're with me. My gas tank empties quick. But God is saying, listen, I'm not calling you to love with your love. I'm calling you to love with my love. And I'm the one that can fix this vertical and this horizontal thing. My son will come, and he's paid the price, taking your place. Listen, have you been betrayed by somebody you love? Yes, you have. And let me remind you this morning, you betrayed God. And because He paid for that, and He gives you access to His love, you can now love anyone else that's hurt you. Anyone. That boggles my mind. That kind of burns the pancake on one side a little bit. But I try. I'm I'm just like you. I try to love people in my own love, and I fail all the time. And I want to show you how kind of how that works this morning. I'm going to call, let's see, Jason Johnston. He's got, he's got big arms. Give it up for Jason. And Chad, Chad Lee, come on. Come on up here, guys. Some of you are like, what are we going to do now? No, you're not tying pastor to the poles. Keep dreaming, though. Oh, dude. <laughs> Well, Simon says, stay there, okay? <laughs> You're dealing with Jason Johnston. You get it, okay. Now, I want to know, the. I'm going to find one of the... Is Elizabeth here? Hi, Elizabeth. Isn't she... How many of you know Elizabeth? Elizabeth, will you come help me? Oh, give her a hand. Come on. There she is. Ah. hope this really works now. Okay. Kind of took it far. Yeah, probably. I'll have to wrap it a bunch more. Okay, so Elizabeth, go right in here. It's it's okay, sweetie. Listen, she listen. She's a high school graduate. Stop stop worrying about this. She's fine now. Okay, okay, sweetheart. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab this this pole and this pole, and Elizabeth, with all your strength, you think you can do it? You think you can bring these two guys together? What do you say, Elizabeth? Did you say something? She said, I guess. I guess. Okay. Everybody, let's count her off. One, two, three. Go! Try hard. Try. Elizabeth, go. Come on, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, come on. All right. Give him her hand. You see that? See that? Now, earlier in Colossians chapter 3, verse 14, it says, let, above all else, let's be bound together in love. For it brings us to, it brings us to unity and to harmony. So we're going to use a little leverage here, Elizabeth. How about that? Okay. And, uh, you come right on up here, sweetheart. Okay. Good. And, uh, we're going to let you guys wrap. You're probably going to need to wrap like six times. Okay, guys, real quick for me. Awesome. 
And let's have a little music. Awesome, guys. <laughs> okay. All right, Elizabeth, come on back. I know you, you're probably done, but come on back. Okay. Now, Elizabeth, do you think you could pull them together this time? You don't know. You, I don't either. That's Because we tried this earlier, and it was someone much bigger than you, okay? She's little too, but not as little as you are. Okay, how many of you think Elizabeth can do it? <laughs> Woo! Awesome. So get on out here, girl, and grab right here. Come right over here where I'm at. Grab the rope as hard as you can. Grab the rope. All right. And everybody say, pull. Pull. Pull, Elizabeth. Pull. Keep pulling. Keep pulling. Keep pulling. Keep pulling. Keep pulling. Give her a hand. Come on. What I really like is the faces got so red up here. Yeah, I, I was hoping I wouldn't hear any, like, little sounds, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, oh see you later. Yeah. It's to the left. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> okay, so now you know how leverage works. Leverage is pretty powerful. In fact, every time we wrap that rope, right, it was another ratio. So if we'd have wrapped it four times, she would only have to pull one to four, Right? If we'd have wrapped it six times, it'd have been six to one. And so it shows that she could do something through leverage that she couldn't do on her own. And I'm here to tell you, you can love your spouse with God's love and his leverage, even if he leaves the seat up all the time. Even if the toothpaste cap is off all the time and he keeps forgetting to take out the garbage, which is right here, right? What separates us is what God is teaching us here in Zechariah. And it's simply this. We get this vertical thing broken first. You see, when I get my relationship right with God and I have His love, then the vertical relationships are healed. And the leverage of His love can flow through my life and begin to heal not only me with the Father, but also heal me and every other relationship in my life. Can you say amen? Amen. So I want to show you this, how this works a little bit. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, it says something interesting. It says, and we have known, say known, and believed, say known, and believed that the Lord has love for us. It doesn't just take knowing, it also takes belief. That's what restores the vertical relationship. Now, I want to break those two things down because if we're not careful, we'll just read right past it and miss all the really good stuff that helps us in life, okay? So, when we think about God's love and how it works, let's begin with knowing. When you see that word knowing, you're not thinking of it, hopefully, from the area of your head. Because Paul, in the or John, rather, in the context here, isn't talking about head knowledge. He's not talking about head knowledge. He's talking about an experience, a heart knowledge. You see, there's a word no in the Greek and in the Hebrew that has to do with intimacy. 
In the Old Testament especially, the Bible says Adam knew his wife and they had a child. There was intimate covenant relationship and it produced out of that love, life. Are you with me? I know it's a little funky, but stay with me. He's not talking, John's not talking about head knowledge, no. He's talking about the kind of knowledge that you experience and encounter with God's love. Now, this is why all the time I'll deal with people in marriage counseling, pre-marriage counseling, or I'll deal in, in, in relationships, family counseling, and people will come in and they'll say, I just don't know how I could ever love them again. Now, hear, hear that statement. I, I don't know how. Because your brain... <laughs> it's, he's not talking about knowing that God has love. Did you know the devil knows God has love? Hadn't changed him. He's still going to resist God until the very end. It's not the knowledge of it. It's an encounter with it. It's an experience with it. Let me go a little bit farther. Paul helps us in Ephesians 3.17. He says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all saints to grasp, he's not saying with your mind, to grasp how wide, how long, how high the love of Christ is. He's saying, this thing is powerful. You can't fit it into your, your noggin. It'd bake your noodle. So how do you, how can, how can you be transformed by it? You can't comprehend it with your mind. You've got to have an experience with it. You've got to come close. Look, in Ephesians 3.19, this will help us, okay? It says, know the love of Christ which passes all or knowledge. How do you know something that passes all knowledge? Now that sounds like it's diametrically opposed. That sounds like that dog don't hunt, Glenn. He's not talking about knowing here. Paul is saying this love of God surpasses knowledge here. And you'll know it by experience. You, listen, when I first moved here, I didn't know many of you, although I knew your first name. And then after a year, I still don't know many of you. Right? And you still don't know me. It's not knowing how old I am and how much I love your baked cookies and how much I love going on trips with you and how much I love joking around with you and having fun. That's not it. You, to know somebody is to have an experience with them where now you don't have words to describe it anymore. And God is saying, I can give you an experience with my love that will so transform you that it will be powerful enough to bring you back together even with people you really don't like. Those people that you don't like. He says, know the love of Christ that passes all knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God. It starts with a knowing relationship with God. And so I've had couples, I've had people, family members come in and go, how are we ever going to love each other again? And it's like, listen, it's not about starting with you and them. It's about you starting with Him. You haven't started here. Because this isn't where it ought to be. This isn't where it ought to be. You didn't see that. 
and I burned five calories. I'll do it again. This isn't where it ought to be. You're not receiving and knowing intimate love with God. That's why this isn't where it should be. Do you know that Revelation says that Jesus Christ was slain from the foundations of the earth? Before the earth was formed, built, put together, God decided how Jesus would die. He picked the cross. He picked it so that for all of eternity we would understand how this works, then how this works. It's the leverage of love. You say, Pastor, is there more? Yeah, just a little bit. He says, not just know it intimately, but believe it. Believe it. Now, everybody in here goes, yeah, I, 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 I believe God loves me. Really? You don't believe it until you show it to someone else. Because if you realize just how much He loves, you don't have a problem with even the worst person. And I struggle with this a lot. Maybe you do too. But let, let me put it to you this way. Have you, do you remember, are you old enough? I remember when I was a kid, they had full service gas stations. You remember, you know what I'm talking about, brother. Come on. You know, you, now I remember a couple Three Stooges episodes where they did full service too. That's funny. That just came to mind. I'm going to go watch that later. I love the Three Stooges, man. Where the person left without their windshield wipers and no gas at all. And yeah, it was awesome, man. All right. So anyway, you would pull up, my mom and dad would pull up to a full service gas station. And they would come and check your wiper blades. They check your oil, top off your oil. They pump your gas for you. You never even got out of the car. You know, they wash your windows too. Yeah, they did that in Chicago a lot, even when you didn't ask them. Yeah, and expect to be paid. Full service. Full service. That's like, that. where is that today? I don't think they do that anymore. Now everything is self-service, right? So are relationships. I'm not checking your wiper blades. You get out. You get out and check your own wiper blades. I'm not doing that for you. I'm not pumping your gas. I'm not filling your tank. Come on, you're an American. You fill your gas tank. You change your oil. And then pay the bill, too. I'm not looking for a relationship with you where I do anything first for you, even though that's how love works. I'm not going to show full-service love. I'm going to wait for you to do self-service. And then if you do it right, you can remain in my life. You can remain in my... You can, we can have relationships together. Now, if you don't feel that in this world today let me tell you that is this world everybody is waiting for everybody else to go first listen you come change my wiper blades then i'll change yours well that's called conditional love it's called love if i'll love you if you first demonstrate it to me and yet romans tells me that my god demonstrated it for me i didn't even have a card right up in my car was wrecked. And my God demonstrated His love for me while I was still a sinner. That's how love works. Now, now that you got your head wrapped around that, stay with me. Since my head is wrapped around that, I think about every day. Listen, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that on a consistent basis. Maybe on Sundays. Ben, maybe I can do it with you on Sundays because, you know, 
I'm a pastor and I gotta, I gotta pull the pastoring off, you know. But Friday night, I might be a little bit busy. Friday night, I might say, what's wrong with you? What you talking about, Willis? You change your own wipers. You fill your own gas tank. Because you know what? I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll show you love and, and maybe you'll show me love too, just as long as, uh, you're self-served. But that's not love. The kind of love that defines our God and that He gives us to be able to love one another is agape. It's full service. And you gotta go first. I don't want, I'm the pastor and I'll tell you, I don't want to go first. I'm scared to go first. Because if I change your oil and fill your gas tank and, and make sure that your wipers are changed, you might drive off without paying. You've been burned? Anybody? I wonder who I'm talking to this morning. You're looking at me like, it's just you, man. My life's been perfect. Everybody that's in my life loves me, and I love them back. It's all good. Oh, yeah, right. I might do all this stuff for you, and you might just drive off. And then the next person may come along, and they may do it to me again and, and burn me again. And listen, I've been burned a lot. I don't know if I could ever... I don't know if I could, listen to me, I don't know if I could ever love like that again. This isn't about your love. <laughs> this isn't about your love. It's about His. And, and, and no matter how many times somebody pulls up to your station, you say, the bill's already been paid. Come on. Come on in. I, I'll pump your gas. I'll change your oil. They say, you must be crazy. Do you want to be a doormat? Do you want people walking on you the rest of your life? Don't you have any discernment? you got stupid disease. Let people use you. Once I realize just how much love He's given me, I can afford it. Trust me. I can afford it. And what I'm telling you is this. God will honor every single time. And, and listen, if you'll love people who can't pay you back, God will pay you back. Give them some praise. Come on. I want to close with this idea. I got a lot of, I got crazy illustrations. I don't know what I want to do. What do I want to do, Lord? Ah, yeah, just, just one idea and an illustration, because this one's pretty good. Okay? This one's pretty good. Alright, so I want to close with, with this, this idea. So when, when we begin to love people with God's love, and God sees that, and God says, wow, that's, that's what I've been looking for. We begin to get blessed. Because we reap what we, I reap what I, He's gonna make sure of it. Not other people. Not other people. He will. So you start reaping a harvest and you start getting blessed. Then you get the haters. They show up and they say, well, huh. Why do they get all the blessing? Look at that. Look at, look at how blessed they are. Look at how happy they are. Look at how joyous they are. 
Why do they? Why did? Why are they so blessed? Why do they get all this peace, love, and joy? You know, God, what, what what's wrong with me? What did I do, God, that I don't get to live my life the way they live their life? And God says, you don't run a full service station. You can come to the altar right now if you'd like. I mean, it's fine. Because I belong up here. I've looked in my heart before and I've said, there's a little bit of jealousy here because I see so-and-so and so-and-so. They're so blessed. And it's like, I'm waiting for you to bless me first, God. And God says, I've already done it. I've, I've already paid it. I'm waiting for you to give it. And if you're just willing to give it, then I can give more. And oh, do I love to give. <laughs> I, I, giving is my nature. I gave my son. And, and if you just give, I'll give again. Uh, but I can't give again until you give because there won't be room. And, and, and so we say, God, are they worth it? We need to ask God, was I worth it? Do you know that... Do you know that in order to take a, a, a penny and make it in this country, it takes 2.4 cents to make a penny? That doesn't make sense. It takes more intrinsically to make a penny than a penny is worth. And we still make them. In order to make a nickel in this country, it takes 11.2 cents. It, it costs more than a dime to make an actual nickel. That doesn't make sense. Neither does Calvary. Neither does God's love. And He's going to... He's going to put you into situations where you're going to say, this isn't worth it. And you're going to have to be reminded that God looked down at you from Calvary and said, you were worth it. I uh, I watch these crazy antique road show type stuff on TV, and I cannot believe what these people pay for junk. I mean, you don't you you don't you don't watch these shows. I mean, they'll come through some and somebody will show up with something out of their attic or shed somewhere, and and some guy will come up, some curator or whatever, and he'll start talking in Greek. And they'll say, that's worth $5,000. And you see that look on their face. They're like, oh, man. You know? And they're like so excited. And I'm on the other end of the TV going, that's a piece of crap. That's junk. That ain't worth $5,000. I used to flip houses and remodel houses and stuff when I was younger. My wife and I would go around with a realtor, and a realtor taught me something one day. Because I always had this... Uh, I, I wanted to check the listings. How much are prices worth in the area? How much are, you know, let's, let's, let's see how much they're being sold for. And I had a realtor one day help me understand worth. She told my wife and I this, Christian lady, she said, the house is only worth what someone will pay for it. Now look at your wreck of a house. Look at this wreck of a house. Broken in the potter's field. And yet, that's where the ransom and the redemption money was thrown. And God looked at me and said, it's not a $30,000 flipper. It's not a $60,000. It's a Christ in His blood. And I decide your worth. 
because I'm the buyer. He's the buyer. So now that you've been bought with a price, man, Hosea 11.4. Yes, here we go. Okay. Hosea 11.4. Speaking of love for a prophet and his wife who betrayed him. Her name was Gomer. You remember. Gomer Pyle. All right. And God said, go love her anyway. I decide worth. Here's what he says through his prophet. He says, I lead my people with cords of human kindness and I wrap them with cords of love. You've seen it demonstrated here in this place this morning how a little girl named Elizabeth pulled two big old bucks together like it wasn't nothing. You can love that person if you just realize how much you're worth and how much they're worth in His love. Would you stand with me in prayer? It would be it would be so cheap to leave this place today and go, well, that gave me a lot to think about. I think I'll think about love. And that was not the message. The message was not for you to gain knowledge of love this morning. The message was for you to experience it and let it transform you into loving others because you were worth it. They're worth it. And a high price was paid for you to experience this love. Now, you can be bitter for the rest of the week. You can be a sour push grape all you want. Or you can throw your hands up and surrender to His love. I'm pumping the gas. Please.